The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next on Life Today. I want you to know, you don't have to wait till things get smooth to know peace. You can know peace in the midst of crisis. Best-selling author and speaker Sheila Walsh reveals the keys to making today matter in these full and fast-paced days. And I thought, Lord, we're living in different days. These are tough days. These are days when we have to decide whose we are, where we're going, and what we're willing to give our lives to. Hey, you're very gracious, and thank all of you. We welcome you. I'm James Robinson. Betty and I welcome you to Life Today. If you're ever in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and uh, Tuesday nights we normally tape several programs here at our studio, love to have you come uh, be a part of the taping. I think you would enjoy the, the time together. I, uh, I really do believe that God ministers to the people, not only at home, but here, and our guests are a blessing. We're going to be talking to Sheila Walsh about five minutes, and what that five minutes, if you uh, properly utilized, can do to transform your life in so many ways. I really do believe that you have been uh, directed here for a purpose and a reason. Uh, I, I would, I just, somehow, Betty, I've always wished that when we, you know, come on air, mm -hmm. that the people who are watching could feel like that we're in the room with them. Sometimes you <laughs> say, it's early in the morning, I'm glad you're not here. I'm not ready to have anybody here, and I understand that. Mm -hmm. But I want that, that feeling of that we are in the room together and we're here because we really do sincerely care. You know, if you watch Life Today, that you will see Betty and me and mission workers and relief workers all over the world seeking to alleviate suffering and pain. And you also know that if you watch us very long, you will likely be inspired to have a part in changing someone's life with, with an expression of love. Well, please know this. The primary focus, although we believe giving water to the thirsty and food to the hungry and uh, freedom to people who've been trafficked sexually or abused and doing anything we can to alleviate suffering is important, but we're really here. Our primary assignment is here for you. And you say, we well, don't know anything about me. Well, I don't have to. I care about you wherever you are, whatever you go through. And I really do believe that we have found answers to the challenges that people face, whatever they are. And Betty and I have faced plenty of them. I grew up without a father. I'm the product of a forced sexual relationship forced on a 40-year-old hospice nurse. She sought an abortion. Today, with abortion like it is, Planned Parenthood, never would have been born. Three children, 11 grandchildren, now a great-grandson, never would have been. So easy. But see, I knew what it was like not to have a stable home. I grew up that way. And I know the challenges. And I know the one who can lift the load. And that is really the reason you're watching. Now, I promise you, you're going to hear some things today, I believe, from Sheila. And you're going to learn some things. They can just change your life. Because there's a father who knows best. He really knows best and wants best for you. Welcome, Sheila Walsh, back to life today. Would you, Sheila? We're glad to have you. I'm glad to be talking with you about the book. 
five minutes with Jesus, making today matter. You indicated in the first program that we did earlier in the week, talking about why you wrote the book. You just wanted to get people sort of in the door, in the room, in the presence of the Lord, and just let his word, which he gives you actually the scriptures, uh, it, wonderfully, if you just take your Bible and follow along, which he said, if you don't happen to have the Bible right there, I'm giving you verses. I believe if you take the five minutes and the devotional thought that she gives you, the verses she gives you, I believe it will, it will inspire you to make more time in the Word. And that's what she's doing. It's an inspirational start. This is laid out incredibly, beautifully, enduring when we want to quit. Ever been there? Enduring. He that endureth to the end shall be saved. Oh, amazing grace, I bet, is what helps you endure those times. <laughs> Boy, do we need it. And I'm telling you, this is just powerful. Driven to her knees. I've been driven to my knees. I know you have yours because I know your testimony. All right, tell us what you want us to know about why you wrote the book, what your hopes are, and then I think you actually have some points that you want to make to help everyone understand why you're on this journey and want to invite them on it. Before I answer that, James, I just want to take a moment to say that I'm, I started ministry when I was 21. I turned 59 in July. In all my years of ministry, I have never found anyone who has been such a strong supporter, encourager than you. In all those years, I've had the privilege of working with many godly men and women, and I'm thankful for everyone but not to the extent of you with the intentionality with which you pour the Father's love out. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just want to thank you for that. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be in the place I am today if it wasn't for the way you have impacted my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm so, so grateful, so <laughs> grateful. Thank you, thank God. And let me just say, I'm not the only person that would say exactly those words. But um, the reason I started to write this was because I realize in my own life that five minutes with Jesus can turn your whole life around. And it was funny, I began to look in the New Testament and I began to look at encounters. I mean, if you think of somebody like Zacchaeus, you know, the most despised man in the town who took more than he should have from people, five minutes with Jesus, so t turned his life around and redeemed him that he gave more than he had to. You think of Mary Magdalene, a woman possessed by seven demons, the number of perfection. Five minutes with Jesus turned her around into this radiant servant of Christ who was the first one to see the risen Christ. Mm -hmm. If you think of somebody like Paul of Tar Saul of Tarsus, mm -hmm. absolutely dedicated to, to find Christians, to drag them off to prison, five minutes with the risen Christ turned him into someone who was willing to die in prison. And I thought, Lord, we're living in different days. These are tough days. These are days when we have to decide whose we are, where we're going, and what we're willing to give our lives to. And, and so I thought, I want, the passion of my life really is, I have a heart for broken church girls, to be honest. You know, I think a lot of people do phenomenal ministries, but my really, I want to focus in on broken church girls. Our churches are full of women who, who show up faithfully, who love the Lord, and walk in carrying their burdens and walk home with them. And most of them have never known, sadly, 
a real father and a father's heart growing up, then they didn't date someone who understood what father looks like and what manhood looks like and married someone that didn't understand. And it's all because we don't know the father. And what I hear consuming you in, in this is you want to get people into the presence of that father. So when you think of broken, hurt women, which you experienced so many reaching out to, five million that attended the Women of Faith conferences that were so mightily blessed of God. You know, I even said I'd be willing to get a pink dress and go if I could just attend when I'm there. <laughs> we're so full of the glory of God. They let me actually come in, though, dressed up like a man and be there. But here's the point. It was so moving to see these women come with such a hunger. And so when you see this, you knew that what they all need is the healing that can only come from the Father. And this five minutes with Jesus, because Jesus came to get us to the Father. He came to reveal the Father. If you've seen him, you've seen the Father. And I, I see you trying to offer the healing that everyone's heart longs for by getting in the presence of the Father. I want to say to them, grace makes a place at the table for you. One of the most grace-filled stories I've ever discovered is in Samuel. Remember the story of Mephibosheth? Mm -hmm. You know, he's um, the grandson of Absalom. Um, no, of Saul. He's the son of Absalom. He is somebody who is, has been crippled since he was five years old because the nurse dropped him trying to run away from the palace. He's living in a place called Lodabar, which means no pasture. So he's lived a barren life in a barren place, a broken man. And then David remembers he made a promise to Jonathan, he's Jonathan's son, made a promise to Jonathan that if there was anybody left in his family, he'd take care of them. So he says, does anybody know what happened to Mephibosheth? And somebody said, yeah, I know where he's living. And he said, go and bring him in. And this man has lived his whole life knowing one day somebody's going to knock on the door and my life is over because I ran away and escaped. And he's summoned into the presence of David. And what David does is say, hey, listen, no, 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 don't be afraid. What I've come to tell you is everything that was your grandfather's, I'm going to restore that to you. But not only that, I'm making you a son. Mm. You're going to sit at my table. And I just imagine, imagine the, the dinner bell going and there's Absalom comes along and David and they're all making their way along. And suddenly there's this, I love the way Chuck Swindoll says it in his book on David, there's this clip-clop, clip-clop, mm -hmm. clip-clop. Mm -hmm. And suddenly Mephibosheth makes his way to the table and grace covers his crippled feet. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to say to everybody. I know you think you've blown it because you said you'd never touch drugs again, and you did. I know you said that you'd never sleep with that guy again, and you did. So now you think God's mad with you. No, God, grace has made a place at the table for you. Mm -hmm. If you'll just come as you are. Mm. You know, we think, well, I'll come once I've cleaned my act up. Mm. Don't wait till you've cleaned your act up. Just come as you mm -hmm. are. That's the way the Lord invites us. Absolutely. He is the covering. He is, he is the, the covering. Source. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's perfect covering. And actually, he loves, he loves us to bring in our brokenness to yes. him because he is the great physician. Mm -hmm. He wants to heal that broken heart, and he wants to turn that brokenness into his, his love and his His the relationship with him so that we can be a light for him. Mm -hmm. And when we have gone through, and there's not anybody that's lived very long that hasn't gone through heartache, loss, some kind of tragedy, some kind of disappointment, but yet God says, bring all that to mm -hmm. me. I know what to do with it, and I will take it from you, and I will set you in a place where you can be the glory that I've put in you. You know, and honestly with me, it was five minutes in hell 
that changed my life around. I'll never forget the night I was admitted to the psych hospital. Same age as my dad. My dad committed suicide in a psych hospital. I expected, I thought, I'll not get out of this. In fact, have you ever prayed a prayer and you're actually glad that God never answered it? Because mm -hmm. I prayed, God, if you have one ounce of mercy left in your heart, please take me home. I can't do this. And I remember laying face down on the floor and suddenly there was such a sense of God's presence because I thought, you know, nobody who knows me is allowed to even contact me for 72 hours, but the Lamb of God checked himself in with me. And I discovered the truth of those words where David said, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Mm -hmm. And I wrote in my journal that night, I never knew you lived so close to the floor. Mm. So literally going to the place I thought would destroy me was where I encountered Christ in a way I'd never known him. And it turned my whole life around. And I've gotten to watch the, the beauty of that transformation. You wrote down some points mm -hmm. that you want people to understand. I think it'd be beautiful if you, if you shared them because I know we talked before we came out here and I thought that's really special, that's a treasure. Whenever, before I start a project, I always enter into a time of worship. You know, I have, before I even put pen to paper or touch my computer, I take a couple of days and I just worship. You know, I just remind myself of the glory of who our God is, of the majesty of who he is. And then I sit down with a, with a notebook and a pencil and I say, Lord, this isn't for the book. I just want you to tell me, what do you want to say here? Are there things that are really important? And there's, so there's four things that I wanted. And number one was, you can find peace in the midst of your struggle. That peace is not the absence of trouble, peace is the presence of Christ. I mean, how many times do you see that in scripture? You know, if you look at that scene with the Gadarene demoniac, the man of the tombs, you know, he's a man who's tormented. He lives out in the tombs, he cuts himself, he screams in the night. And then Jesus puts one foot, one foot on the shore. And the interesting thing is, Mark tells us, this man runs and falls down. The word is not to trip, it's to fall and worship. Why? Because he'd never heard of Jesus, but all he knew was, those who are possessing me are afraid of you. Mm -hmm. And so he fell at Jesus' feet in worship. And it was amazing. So I want you to know, you don't have to wait till things get smooth to know peace. Mm -hmm. You can know peace in the midst of crisis. The second thing was, how do you live in a world that's not fair and constantly be able to forgive? Because so many people will write to me and say, you know, this is what my husband did, this is what's happened to me. You know, I can't forgive, the people are not sorry. And it's almost like we think forgiveness is something God is gonna try to make us do. Forgiveness is a gift. Yes, it, is. it is a gift yes. to live in a world that's not fair. Because fair doesn't live here, but Jesus does. Mm -hmm. And forgiveness sets you free. Yes. It's, you're the one that gets left out of the prison. The enemy has nothing in his arsenal to combat forgiveness. <laughs> he doesn't. I mean, it leaves him totally, there's nothing he can it do. It confuses him. Yeah, it confuses him. And if you tell the enemy that any club he uses on you, he's going to regret because you're going to use it on him. It's going to backfire. <laughs> It'll be, it confuses the enemy. What do I do with this person? <laughs> Confuse him. Yeah. The third thing, and this is something I feel so passionately about, your history does not dictate your destiny. Yes. 
Wow. Think how many people who think because I of how I started, you know, that I'm I'm never going to be anything. You know, when I was a little girl and I walked in my sleep till I was 18 years old, my mom had to build a gate at the top of our stairs so I wouldn't fall down at night. But when I was sleeping, she would come and lay her hands on me and say, Lord, for this one, this least likely to, to go anywhere or do anything, <laughs> I offer her to you. Mm -hmm. And God loves to do that. He loves to use the least likely. Yeah. So I challenge you, if anybody has ever said to you, you'll never amount to anything, you give yourself to Jesus Christ and you watch what he will do through your life. Exactly. There, God is raising up this ragtag army of mm -hmm. women around the world. Yeah. I mean, we don't look like much. Mm -hmm. And we're a size two to a three X. And, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter at all. Because, he's big. because God is big. Yeah. And that's the difference. Mm -hmm. And the fourth point was simply a very simple one. But if we got this, it would change everything. God is for you. Yes, he is. He's not against you. Mm -hmm. You know, so often we think it's that God's mad us. with us. God is not mad with you. Mm -hmm. God is for you. And that's, it so sets you free. I mean, I guess at 59, I'm finally getting it. <laughs> so I, you know, it makes you skip. It makes you whistle in unlikely places. <laughs> it makes you kind of annoy people because you're like, well, what's wrong with you? Not like, you know what? I am ridiculously loved mm -hmm. by the most glorious father who ever lived. And that changes everything. So it's not enough. We don't live in a day where people need us to shake our finger at them. We need to live in a day where we're so in love with God, where his word is so deep in us that it spills over in love and people are compelled to come to the Savior. Do you like that? Amen. Do you agree with that? It's the truth. It is the truth. Get the book. It's in the bookstores. Five Minutes with Jesus. We will send it to you if you ask for it. And I want to just say a prayer. Father, I pray that every person watching the screen, listening today, will hear what you are saying to them. And you've said it so clearly through Sheila. How much you are for every one of them. If you're for us, who can be against us? It doesn't matter. And Lord, I want you to show every person clearly just how focused on them you really are and how you long to lift them up in Jesus' name. Listen, he's not angry with you. He's concerned about the things that will hurt you. Any boundary that he puts around you, any hedge of protection is not a prison wall. It's a wall of protection to keep evil and the consequence of things from damaging us. He loves you so much. We want to give you an opportunity to do something absolutely fabulous right now. And I know it's a long time till Christmas. But we have to talk about this special thing because we want to do something very special for Christmas for some children. And we want to do something miraculous for some. We want to give them not only shoes to wear to protect their feet and to put smiles on their faces, but we want to give some the ability to smile or even eat normally or express themselves effectively. We want to give them a miracle. We want to give them smiles, miraculous smiles. We can do this together. It's the only way we can do it. Watch closely and see if you don't want to be the hands of Jesus and part of a miracle that cannot be denied. From your family to our family, your generosity has empowered life's mission efforts around the world. And the look on these children's faces make the impact obvious. It's in the smile of Mateo 
as he receives a bowl of food made possible by your giving, or of Gabriella as she quenches her thirst from a clean water well that you helped drill. You could even say you make it your business to give children smiles. Well, this Christmas, we'd like to give a smile to someone who might not easily be able to smile otherwise. You see, all over the world, there are children who have trouble smiling because they were born with a cleft lip or palate. But a simple surgery by loving doctors can radically transform the appearance of children like these and greatly improve their quality of life. But they won't be the only ones smiling this Christmas. Because with your help, we also want to give a brand new pair of shoes to children who have never had them. Uh, you can see all of the little ones, uh, honestly, the smiles on their faces is so exciting to be a part of this. You can look around at all of the children in this village and most of them are without shoes. They could lose their very lives because of an infection that they could get on their feet. Help make this Christmas special for a child like this. Help us provide Christmas shoes and smiles. You know, I wish we could just give you a series of those little pre and then post-surgical procedures just to show you how you can brighten a child's countenance and their face and their family. And you know, I don't think there's a single one of you, I know with Betty and me, when we look and we see what we have seen up close and personal so many times, you can't see that and not want to assist alleviate the pain. I, I think that's really the heart of people. I think we just have to do it appropriately. And one of the things I say over and over is you, you really assist the suffering effectively only if there's a compassion connection. You can't just take and distribute like you're throwing money at an unhittable target. It just doesn't work. It, it depletes everything and it's ineffective. Love never fails. Compassion is effective. It's, 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 it's expressing the love of God in action. And Betty, I'm believing that our viewers right now today, and we're coming to the end of this emphasis, we're going to have enough of the support to buy the 200,000 pairs of shoes, and I hope give scores of surgeries. And those are $500 each. I ask our viewers, as you know, to give $1,000. And I will just simply say today that we're going to give another two surgeries. You good with that? And we'll be giving some more shoes. And we've already done that. But right now, just saying, I want to do it. I just looked at those kids and I said, I'm going to give a couple more kids some smiles like that. I want, to, I want to correct that situation. It'll make their parents happy and everybody. <laughs> and it's love. It's an expression of love. And the missionary is going to tell them where the love source is and the inspiration for love. It's God's love. And it's poured out through us. And Betty and I can do something, but we can't give the 200,000 pair of shoes or all the surgeries. So you participate. You can go to lifetoday.org and make your gift. Use your bank card like a check. Always use it that way. Or you can uh, call the phone number that you see there and use your bank card. Or you can text. You have the ability. There's so many amazing things you can do now. With an iPhone or pad, you, you can actually text. And we'll give you the form there that you can fill out. So if you want to give, you've got an opportunity. Father, I pray you place the desire there. I want to give a smile. I want to give some shoes. I want to express your love. I want to support the mission outreach. And God, give them excitement and zeal for it in Jesus' name. 
would you right now make that special gift? We want to send you some beautiful little Christmas shoes, little ornaments that uh, you can put on the tree. We make a gift of $100 or more. Remember, $36 gives 10 children a pair of shoes, $144, 40 children a pair of shoes. And we're sending the little uh, shoe this year to say thank for any gift that you make. Or we send you the four of the previous years plus this year's if you make the gift of $100. And we're going to be giving to all these precious little children, some of them tiny little shoes, and adjustable shoes for all of them. And that's going to be a tremendous gift for Christmas. We need your help now. So make that gift. And we're going to send an expression of thanks to you. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for making that call, making that gift. Poverty is a killer, and because of it, children needlessly suffer, not only from a lack of food and clean water, but also from a lack of things we take for granted, such as a healthy smile or a simple pair of shoes. For most of these children, they've never owned a new pair of shoes, and while that may seem minor in the light of all their needs, walking with bare feet puts them at risk of life-threatening infections that could lead to crippling consequences, disease, and even death. By responding today, you can help life immediately secure and begin shipping Christmas shoes to 200,000 children around the world just in time for the holidays. Your gift of $36 will help provide 10 pairs of shoes. A gift of $72 will help provide 20 pair. And a gift of $144 will help provide 40 pairs of Christmas shoes for children in need. With your gift of any amount, be sure to request this beautifully crafted green antique shoe ornament, a treasure to place on your tree each holiday season. With your gift of $100 or more, you may also request a special boxed set of life's Christmas shoe ornaments from past years. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,000 or more to help provide over 275 pairs of shoes or two children with corrective cleft palate surgeries. And you may request our beautifully framed canvas prints of the Forest Chapel. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. You know, we're not only going to be sending you the, the shoes, the little Christmas ornaments, but if you'd like to have Sheila's book, Five Minutes with Jesus, you know, this, this is a gift. I don't think the book really signifies the, the real impact of the gift. Because if you get in the presence of the Father and you start with five minutes and you just meditate long enough to begin to hear the Father's voice, uh, you're going to find that He walks with me and He talks with me and He tells you you're His own. That's not merely a song. That's truth. You're going to find that. Interestingly, Betty, when I didn't have a dad and I didn't hear, I heard the song when I was a boy. He walks with me and He talks with me. He tells me I'm his own. A little boy said, he'll tell me what I haven't heard from my father, but I heard it from thee, Father. We'll send you the book to bless you. Thanks for helping us bless others. Would you join us in thanks to <laughs> Sheila Walsh for blessing us all. Sheila, we love you. Thank you. And you'll hear Sheila from time to time, inspiration on the screen, screen.org. Check it out every day for understanding of the times. Thanks for watching live today.
and I hear so much heartache going on in the world, and I think, do they know God? Next week. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.